0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa kafa wa salatu wa s-salamu ala ibadihi al-lazhin as-dafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min ash-shayta'l-ir-rajim, bismillahir-rahmanir-rahim. Ya ayyuhal-lazhin aamanu attaqu allaha wa quulu qawlan sadeedah, sadaqallahu al-azim.
1: Most respected students of deen. Brothers and sisters, in the ahadith of Rasulullah we find tremendous virtues and benefits mentioned for various a'mal, while the grace of Allah Ta'ala is limitless, that for many very simple amal, very simple actions. There's such great virtues that have been mentioned. Yet on the other side, if we consider ourselves, very often it is a very indifferent attitude that we adopt. And we do not give that or have that enthusiasm to benefit from those amal, to receive those rewards, to take to heart what has been gifted to us via Rasulullah So that is unfortunately a very sad state of affairs. Whereas, we should be extremely desirous, extremely enthusiastic, very, very Uh, eager to take the maximum benefit from as much as we can. Now one is, for example, this tremendous benefit for fasting, nafil fast. But now many a person does not have the capacity to fast very often. Some, mashallah, fast very regularly every Monday and Thursday being the days which is sunnah to fast on? Rasulullah Wasallam would regularly fast on these days. So, mashallah, some people are very diligent in this. So, Alhamdulillah, they keep these fasts. They keep many other fasts, nafil fasts, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of every Islamic month, the lunar month, that too is sunnah to fast on. So, many people, mashallah, are very punctual on this. They keep these fasts very diligently so subhanallah they are these people also but now fasting is an a mujahada involved person has to wake up early make sehri then fast the whole day so in the month of ramadan is obviously fard there is no question of missing out in the month of ramadan but outside ramadan it's nothing and because it is nevertheless a little challenge for many especially if it is the summer months so not many people manage to keep too many in a so fine understood that there is some degree of effort involved, some mujahada involved there is a, a bit of sacrifice to make and then some people find it a little tough so understood so they will try, they will keep some fast. they may not keep too many, but they will keep some. But there are so many other amal that are very easy, that hardly take any time, that there is hardly any effort involved. Unlike now fasting, from the morning till the evening, now a person will stay hungry, and if it is a hot day, it is a summer day, it will be a long day, so there is effort involved, there is a good deal of effort involved and obviously because of that extra effort that's involved, that extra mujahada that's involved, the rewards are accordingly and the benefits are that great as well because there is so much of effort involved in it and according to the effort, to that extent the person is rewarded. But there are many amal which are very simple, very easy, hardly takes any time, hardly any effort and it's so easy for a person to earn so much by practicing on these amal but this is where the indifferent attitude unfortunately comes and a person just bypasses these things like well, what's in there if I don't do it, so what but yet if it is something to do with some material benefit then we would not let it go past even if we've had that many times we have enough of that wealth but we want more for example a person just imagine this somebody has got their own uh, massive properties and owning maybe in the millions and then somebody is distributing one gold coin to every person that comes out of the masjid you will find these people also in the line. If we, it was us, we will be in the line too. If we had that millions also, we will still be in the line for that one Kruger coin. Now somebody will say, but you got millions, what you going to worry about this one Kruger coin? Say, well, so what? If I got millions, there is one more. One more Kruger coin to add to it. So there we think in that manner. Now we want more and more, there is no end to it. But when it comes to the a'mal, to the rewards, then suddenly there's a different approach, there's a different attitude. The reason for this is that the yaqeen in the akhirat is not as strong as it should be. The yaqeen in the akhirat is weak. The yaqeen in the rewards that Allah has promised is weak. It's there, alhamdulillah, every mu'min has it, but it's weak, it's very weak, unfortunately. And therefore we have to build this yaqeen, this conviction this deep faith in the promises that Allah has given in the rewards that Allah has promised for the amal in the rewards that will come in the akhirat, in the benefits that Allah Allah and Nabi Wasallam have mentioned to us in this very world, what will come by adopting these amal so we have to inculcate that enthusiasm within ourselves, we have to inculcate that zeal in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, we see this zeal, this enthusiasm, this deep uh, drive within them that they wanted to do as much as they could and more than what they could do as well. Haz Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala an, once Rasulullah sallallahu wa appointed him to guard over the Sadaqatul Fitr. So it was the month of Ramadan and the Sadaqatul Fitr would come and in those days would be given in the form of somebody would bring dates, somebody would bring uh, uh, Bali, somebody wheat and this is how they would discharge their Sadaqatul Fitr. So, in the Hadith Sharif, also this is the basis on which the Sadaqatul Fitr is calculated, Nisfu sa'in min Tamarin, or Sa'am min Shahirin, etc. So, that's what they would bring. So, now there's so many people and everybody bringing their Sadaqatul Fitr, so it would now obviously be some heaps of dates and some heaps of. And then, this would, as it would be gathered and collected, then before the day of Eid, it would be distributed to, the, to those who are in need. So in this way Rasulullah ﷺ made the provisions deen accommodated even those who are uh, who are less endowed in terms of material things, that they also have something for the day of eid. So in any case coming back to what we were discussing, Rasulullah ﷺ had appointed Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu to guard over this so one night now in this time that he is guarding over it as it's now quite late in the night suddenly he realizes that somebody has come and he is taking hands full of this grain or whatever else was gathered there and he is probably putting it into some bag or something to take it away so, Abu Huraira Allah Ta'ala, comes and he grabs hold of him and he tells him لَأَرْفَعَنَّكَ sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I am going to certainly present you tomorrow to Rasulullah I am going to take you up because you have come and you are taking without any permission from here so this person started pleading please I have a lot of problems and my family is in poverty and we are in really dire straits, and what not so Abu Hurairah Taala felt sorry for him and said well look don't do this in future Fine, since you are claiming you are so much in need, so this has all been collected to distribute to the needy, so then, fine, you also are entitled to it, but this is wrong, you have come here and taken without permission, so don't do this again. And he therefore warned him in that manner and released him. The next morning when he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, without even having yet mentioned anything, and he was the only person that knew about this incident, but Rasulullah sallallahu wa asks him. This was the ma'jiza and the miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu wa Allah ta'ala had informed him through wahi and through revelation that what transpired the night before. So he asked Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala ما أسيرك البارحة? What happened to the to your prisoner last night? You had caught somebody, so he was your prisoner. What happened to him? Where is he now? So Abu Huraira رضي ta'ala an, who, he explains the whole incident, and then explains that this person, in the end, he pleaded and he said he is now really in difficulty, and his family is suffering poverty, and whatever else, and around him will never ever come again. So when he explained this whole incident, Rasulullah says to him that he is a very big liar, Innahu hulakarib, he is a very big liar, and he will come again. Abu Hurair says that I was convinced that when Rasulullah said he will come again, that this is going to happen. This was another ma'ajizah. So any case, the next day, that same night again, the same thing happened. This person came again and again he started filling up that bag or whatever. Abu Hurair comes immediately and grabs hold of him. And he says that yesterday you came, I warned you not to come again and you still came again again he started the same sad story and I am really in hard times and there is poverty and starvation and we haven't eaten so again he feels sorry for him and says well please don't do this again what you are doing is wrong in any case this has been collected for the poor and needy but you cannot take it without permission but now that you have already come I am letting you go because you are saying you have had all these difficulties so go you know so any case he goes away So the third night, again the next morning, Rasulullah asks him, What happened to your prisoner last night? So again he explains the whole incident. Nabi s.a.w. says to him, that this person is a big liar, he'll come again. So he says, I was convinced again this is going to happen. That night the same thing happens again. So now this time he grabs this person, as soon as he starts taking something, he grabs him very firmly. And he says to him that you are not going anywhere, I am certainly going to take you along to Rasulullah s.a.w. tomorrow. Now when this person sees that he is this time determined, he is not going to let him go, so he says to him, look, I will teach you some kalimat, I will teach you some things which will benefit you. Now kalimat, it automatically brought to mind that he is going to teach something to recite some tasbihat some kalimat some things that will bring some dini benefit so therefore when he said this that I will teach you some kalimat which will benefit you and you let me go so he asked him what kalimat what you want to teach me meaning something of benefit you want to teach what you want to teach me so this person then taught him something what he taught him he said to him Ida ila firashik at night when you come to sleep, when you come to your bed, then recite Ayatul Kursi. Now he is giving him an Amal. He is teaching him something about Ayatul Kursi. Ayatul Kursi is among the greatest ayats of the Quran Sharif. The greatest Ayat of the Quran Sharif. And in one Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that the person who recites this Ayat, had Ayatul Kursi, after every Fard Salah, so every first Salah, unfortunately, as soon as we make salam, that is now to start off with how that Salah was performed. Whether it was performed with care, whether it was performed with concern, whether it was performed with khushu and khudu. It was performed in a proper manner, fulfilling all the postures of Salah correctly. After all, Salah is Salah. Salah is not just some thing to just get done with. This is our Communication with Allah This is our link And Salah is The first thing we are going to be Questioned about on the day of Qiyamat If our salah is in order The rest of it will be in order If our salah is haphazard Our salah is deficient Our salah is in a problem Then everything else is going to be like In a similar way So we have to make every effort to Improve our salah perform it on time perform it punctually and improve the quality we want better quality in everything what about performing a better quality salah for Allah thala? only we must have the best quality but we can give the worst quality and be happy with it the worst quality of salah the lowest quality of tilawat and zikr very happy as if it will be doing a pusat so can we be discontent with it? Anyhow, any kind? No, that's not our way. The true servants of Allah, that's not their way. So in any case, Ayatul Kursi we are talking about, that in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, that the person who recites Ayatul Kursi after every Fard Salah. Now this is where the point we digressed, that after the Fard Salah, unfortunately, we don't even have time to do anything. We barely just made Salam after that haphazard Salah and we just want to dart off from there. like As if now we've done Allah Ta'ala a favor and now we don't have any more time to do anything else so we're gone. We do Allah Ta'ala no favors. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of anybody's favors. Allah Ta'ala is the giver. Allah is the sustainer. Allah is the nourisher. Allah alone is the creator and He alone he grants His creation Allah needs nothing from nobody So we should take the time After salah, sit down Recite the Tasbih Fatimi Recite Ayatul Kursi In this Hadith Sharif Rasulullah well Sallallahu says The person who recites Ayatul Kursi After every first salah So there is no barrier Between him and Jannah Except death The person recited Ayatul Kursi after every salah there is no barrier between him and Jannah, except death. In other words, death has come; the person passes away, and the next step is in Jannah. The only barrier between the two is death. So, obviously, to perform to recite it after every first Salah, I will perform the Salah also. But the benefit of this will be that the person will then become obedient to Allah Taala, and the person would conduct his life correctly as a result of which he will then be able to gain this very great bounty and blessing now what a great benefit this is and how long it will take to recite Ayatul Kursi if we recite it now and we just time ourselves then we'll find it won't even take half minute half minute might be enough if a person recites it very carefully very slowly, three quarter minute, one minute you don't rush it, read it properly one minute so one minute for such a great benefit such a great bounty so in any case ayatul kursi is a very great ayat of the Quran Sharif the greatest ayat of the Quran Sharif and we should make a habit of reciting it consciously with this virtue in mind recite it after every Salah. so on this occasion now Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu is explaining that this person said that I will teach you some things and it will benefit you. So he taught him that if you come, when you come to your bed, recite ayatul kursi. What will be the benefit of this? min hatta That there will be a, an angel that will come to protect you until the morning. Allah Ta'ala will appoint an angel to protect you until the morning. Now, there's so many things we have these concerns but here there is the prescription with yaqeen and conviction a person should undertake this Allah will appoint an angel to look after him one is from physical hardships etc the other is that there are many people when it is time to get to bed, at that time, shaitan is really at a, ha- at a peak. And what not go- they get derailed in. People spend half the night sitting and watching haram, sitting and chatting haram, with haram contacts, and so many things become a problem for them then. So here, when the person has recited Ayatul Kursi, Inshallah, with the barakat of this, they'll get protected from that also. So this simple prescription, very simple, very easy. So one he said was, that there will be an angel that will be appointed from Allah's side to protect you till the morning. And the second thing he mentioned, that Shaitan will not be able to get close to you. Now this is the other part of the benefit, because all these problems that come in terms of doing the wrong things, etc. All this is from the mischief of shaitan. So here shaitan will not be able to get close to you. So what a tremendously great bounty and benefit. Now when Abu Huraira learned this, he was so overcome with what, what a wonderful thing this person taught me. He taught me about Ayatul Kursi. He got so overcome with this, he let him go away. Now he was supposed to hold on to him and not let him go and bring him to Rasulullah but in explaining now how did this happen now three times in a row, third time now he grabbed hold of this person and he let him go, why he let him go so as a kind of uh, an explanation that look please I was, you know to excuse me out of this Ahrasan nasi al khair. you see the sahaba we, sahaba we had such deep enthusiasm for righteous actions that now this person came along and said I'll teach you something something will benefit you and he started teaching something about ayatul kursi i just couldn't now contain myself and in that moment i let him go now that is the one part of it that this was the that he third time to let him go this was actually out of that enthusiasm for the amal that he learned that he got so excited about it he couldn't contain himself because now he's going to practice on this and he's going to get the The reward and benefit of it, that he forgot at that moment that he was supposed to hold on to this fellow and let him make sure he takes him to Rasulullah. That was the situation that came up. But the lesson that we were talking about is this part. That what extent of enthusiasm, what extent of this, we can call it greed, but obviously this greed is a very positive greed. Greedy for righteous deeds. We are greedy for material things. We are greedy for the wealth of dunya. We are greedy for all kinds of fancy frills. They were so-called greedy for akhirat, to take the maximum benefit of akhirat. So this is what their greed was. So now we need to also develop this. But nevertheless, just to finish this Hadith Sharif, the next day when Abu, Sayyidina Abu Huraira comes, Rasulullah alayhi wa sallam immediately asks him again, What happened to your prisoner last night? So, again, now he explains this is what happened, and this person came and then he promised that he will do this, teach me something. And in other words, when he taught me this, I got so overcome and couldn't contain myself and I let him go. So, Rasulullah wa replied and said, That this person, sadaqaka wa huwa kazoob. That he is a very big liar, but on this occasion he has given you something. He has spoken the truth. This person is a very big liar, but despite that he is a very big liar. On this occasion, meaning the what he taught you about Ayatul Kursi, etc., that was the truth. That was correct. Then Nabi Wasallam asks him, "That do you know who you have been talking to for the past three days, three nights on those during those incidents?" Each time the person you're grabbing and catching hold of, who was he? You know who he was. He says, no, I don't know who he was. He so that was Shaitan himself. That was Shaitan Iblis himself coming in human form. But he was just trying to create a disturbance, just trying to mm, cause some problem and difficulty. But then nevertheless, the third night when you grabbed hold of him and he was now aware that you are very determined... So then he taught you this because he was aware of this. He would have heard it somewhere. Because the shayatin they used to just steal something when the angels are discussing something between themselves. And then the burning star would now be thrown at them. But in the meantime, they would pass it on. So maybe in that manner, in some way, they had overheard the angels discussing something. So Rasulullah s.a.w. said, this is true. What he has given you, the virtue of Ayatul Kursi is 100% true, though he is a very big liar. But it was Shaitan that was giving you this all this uh, trouble the past three nights. But again coming to the point we were discussing, that what enthusiasm, what zeal. On one occasion, Abu Huraira, he explains the Hadith Sharif, where Rasulullah says, that the person who is a slave, but a pious slave, now the pious slave, he is a slave, so now he's owned by somebody. Some other human being is owning him. Now he's the ownership. That person owns him, so he's gonna keep giving instructions, commands, do this, do that work, come here, go there. So the whole day, that's how it carries on. And now he is the slave, so he has to obey that. But at the same time, he can't disobey Allah ta'ala. So now, despite these challenges that he is a slave. But yet he does all his a'mal correctly, he obeys Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he does not neglect his duties to Allah ta'ala. So Rasulullah says, such a person gets a double reward for everything. Somebody else, a free person performs salah, he performs salah, he gets double reward. The slave, the free person makes some tilawat of the Quran Sharif and the slave makes it, he'll get double reward. Every action double reward. Why? Because the challenges are greater for him He is in a situation Where the challenges are greater Because now that master is Every now and again Putting some task on him And telling him Come, go, do this, do that So the challenges are greater Now in the midst of all that He needs to make sure He doesn't miss his salah He doesn't uh, neglect His other duties of them So the challenges are greater As a result, right, He gets a double reward so now Abu Hurairah, he mentions this and then he is explaining to his students that فِي سبيل اللَّهِ وَالْحَجْ وَبِرْوُ أُمِّي That had it not been for the very very great rewards of these three a'mal, which are obviously very difficult for a slave to be doing. One is jihad in the path of Allah, another the slave cannot go without the master's permission, so he stuck. Likewise, hajj, nafil hajj. The slave cannot go without the master's permission. And Burru Ummi, serving my mother, and being kind to my mother, being of service to her. So now the slave, he has to serve his master. Here and there he will go and attend to his mother or something, but otherwise now he has to be in his master's service. So he cannot do these three things. It is very difficult for a slave to be doing any of these three things. And these are very great amal. So, had it not been for the rewards and the virtue of being involved in these Amal, he says, I would have been, I would have loved to have been a slave rather than a free person. Why? Because then on every action I would be getting a double reward. Now, subhanallah, one is a free person, the other is a slave, and a slave is a slave. But because the slave will get double rewards for all the amal, this was the enthusiasm of Abu radiallahu I would have rather been a slave then. But then on the other side I won't be able to do these three great very great things. So therefore I am not choosing to be a slave. I'm happy that I'm a free person. But otherwise that virtue is so great. This was more to express the zeal for Amal. So now one is being a slave and this challenges Alhamdulillah, we are not slaves, we are free people. But we have our challenges of a different sort. The challenges of nafs and shaitan, the challenges of so many things. But in the midst of all these challenges, a person remains steadfast. So to the extent of those challenges, he remains steadfast, he gets a greater reward. He gets a far greater reward compared to the person who is not in those challenges. One person is free, he doesn't have anybody anything to worry about, he's got everything set and he goes on time and performs his salah Alhamdulillah, very good and another person has to he's really working hard, he's got a difficult job he's far away from the masjid and despite all that he on the time he quickly stops all the work and then he comes to the masjid and he performs his salah and makes sure he doesn't neglect it his reward will be far greater because of the challenge so we are also having our challenges of various sorts but again coming to the zeal of the amal to the extent we still have that zeal that enthusiasm and we will fulfill those amal simple things, very simple things reciting some tasbihat reciting al fatimi after the salah reciting it before we go to bed reciting the masnoon du'as on the relevant occasions reciting ayatul kursi after salah reciting the masnoon tasbihat during the day, reciting istighfar every now and again, reciting some salawat and durut Sharif on Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa every now and again. How simple it is. What time and effort it takes. Nothing. Every now and again to decide something. But subhanallah, there's so much to earn. But who will earn it? That person who has that enthusiasm for it, who has that drive, who understands the value. Otherwise, he'll just cast it aside. He'll just walk past like nothing happened. He will just be indifferent to it. So, we have to inculcate this zeal, we have to inculcate this this drive in us. And as mentioned earlier, that the biggest factor is unfortunately the weakness of the yaqeen. That is why we don't find that drive, we don't find that enthusiasm. So, we have to develop that yaqeen by pondering over the greatness of Allah Ta'ala's makhluq, what Allah Ta'ala created, subhanAllah. So, ponder over Allah Ta'ala's makhluq. Allah Ta'ala created the heavens, the earth the mountains, the oceans, and all the things Allah Ta'ala created and get that azmat of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts and as a result then get there by repeatedly listening to the virtues of the amal that love of that will come in us by pondering over the greatness of Allah Ta'ala by listening to the virtues of the amal inshallah we will also find that drive getting developed so may Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we to become very enthusiastic and there's so much to earn with so little effort. So little effort, hardly any time, but just it requires a little bit of attention, a little bit of uh, focus and inshallah we will be able to earn millions, billions in the rewards of akhirat. May Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhirat awana an alhamdulillahi
0: rabbil اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزال الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما رَبَّنَا فاغفر لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَكَفِّرْ عَنَّا سِيِّئَاتِنَا وَتَوَفَّنَا مَعَ الْأَبْرَارِ رَبَّنَا وَآتِنَا مَا وَعَدْتَنَا عَلَىٰ رُسُلِكَ ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله
1: رب العالمين